Building Years Podcast with Justin Alexio and Jeremiah Watkins. New episodes every Wednesday. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Building Years. This is Jeremiah Watkins. It's Justin Alexio. And it is Friday, so we have a guest in the house. Very excited to bring a good friend of mine to the program. We have done many gigs together over the years. I see this guy all around town. He's been on Sons of Anarchy. He headlines. He's showing me naughty (laughs) pictures right now during his intro to try to throw me. But it will not throw me. He's a great friend. (laughs) Please welcome to the program. Josh Nasser, everybody. And I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize for showing Don't be you. sorry. And they weren't, as the 50s people would say, nudies, but they were a girl in a bathing suit, and I figured it would throw Jeremiah because he's a nice Christian boy. There you go. It did throw me a little bit. You look very Christian today, by the way. <laughs> I'm wearing glasses. My, my hair is behind my ears, and I'm in shorts and sandals. So but yes. you really look like a Jehovah's Witness. Like He Thank could you. definitely be a Jehovah's Witness. Jehovah's Witnesses aren't Christian, are they? Hey, you know what? You say tomatoes, I say witnesses. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I don't know. They don't get birthdays. My friend is Jehovah. He'd always be like, I don't get a birthday or Christmas. And he'd like scream that all the time. Really? That's a real thing? Yeah. They don't celebrate Yeah, it. they don't celebrate I, holidays. I don't yeah. think what it is. Yeah. Their nothing. holiday wow. is whatever. Jesus. I did audition for Book of Mormon a couple years back. <sighs> did you get it? <laughs> I don't know. You never know. Sometimes yeah. Hollywood is crazy. They, up they booked and down. Me, they, they booked me for a tour seven years down the road. So yeah. Are you available May fifteenth, yeah. two thousand thirty. Uh, I'll check my calendar. Okay, great. Yeah, I think I'm free. Yeah. So. By the way, one of the things that's funny. Who's the guy, schizophrenic surfer? Uh huh. Sometimes your voice go sounds like the impersonation. And it's very, very hard. Do it. That was my impersonation of you. Do it. Will you do it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey. Hi, how you doing? Oh, it's so creepy. Uh, you would have to, for uh, Don Barris has this great show uh, every Monday called The Ding Dong Show. And that's a character that is in that show. So shout out to Don Barris. But that's my impression of this character. You have to see it Monday nights at the Comedy Store. Anyway, so Josh has seen me do this character many times with Don on stage, and he'll come up to me randomly in the hallways at the comedy store and be like, do it. Well, what's funny is, the funny part about that is you did it so well that somebody, he was, I went up to Jeremiah and go, hey, we do that impersonation, and he did it, and then he started talking normally, and somebody came up and they go, wait, oh my God, they really thought he was that guy because they <laughs> never knew him besides that impersonation. So they thought he was a schizophrenic wacko who talks like that. <laughs> Which is a br- it's a real honestly it's a great compliment. Oh, you was. fooled somebody. Was, yeah, that was cool. I was like, all right, I guess it's working. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. But we want to hear about Mr. Josh Nasser. Hey, I got to credit the two years old Sons of Anarchy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is up and down, you know. No, it's honestly a year old, and I currently have a show, three year contract in my last year. I hope they renew it for a show on uh, Velocity Channel, which is on the Discovery Networks platform. Mm-hmm. It's one of their seven channels, and the ratings are up, and they're letting me do social media fun stuff. And I fly around the country uh, to these very high-end car auctions. The name of the show is called What's My Cart Worth? And I get to drive Ferraris, Lambos, Porsches, oh, yeah. uh, 54 Cadillac, Eldorado. We get to talk to the owners, and they're the nicest people. Dude, how fun is that? It's so fun, but 
even more than the cars. If you have a car like that, it's it's your life, and you've built, and you put so much, two or three years into making it, and there's an emotional attachment, so you get to talk to really nice people. They're really emotionally invested in these cars. And, they, and they're anything. loaded. And yeah. it, a lot of them don't talk like this. And I go, hey, what do you do? He's like, I own a trucking company. I got about 45 U-Haul, uh, 18 wheelers, I don't know, <laughs> U-Haul, but whatever. And I'm like, well, what are you going to do if you sell this Corvette for 800 grand? He's like, I'm going to put it in the money. I'm going to put it in a little can by the barn. <laughs> There's a guy who sold a Corvette for $925,000. One Corvette. And he owned a damn trucking company. $925,000. Yeah, it's called a Survivor. If you walk by it on the street, you wouldn't even look at it. But a Survivor is when a car has not been touched. It has not been restored. It has the original paint, certificates, matching numbers, everything. So you would walk by it and just think it was an old beat-up car. But because it's an original, no, no paint job, no nothing, and it's the original, and guess what? I have it and you don't. That's what it comes down to. I'm the only one that has it, and you wow. don't. So nine hundred and something thousand dollars, I believe it went for. And what was the, and what was the condition of the car? If you walk by it, you wouldn't even look at it. You go, oh, really? that's a cool car. You would, you literally. Wow. Pa- because think about it, the car was like a '72, I think. And then if it never got new paint or anything, nothing. Like that, then it's just like, but it was in great condition for a car that's never gotten paint. Been big garage kept. Yeah. But still, it's you know '82, '92, what almost 35, 40 years old. Wow. So, but there's a lot of people, and they, these guys have play money, and they get they let me drive the cars. So you know, uh, the original Smokey and the Bandit car. I mean, all these cars, I get to just drive and play around. Have you ever crashed one? Uh, no, I've not ever crashed one, but it does get scary because yeah. a lot of these cars, mechanically, they you couldn't drive them really on the road because the brakes are so tight. I mean, they don't have yeah. to, there's no power stakes, no power, you know, steering or anything. So sometimes you press it, and there's no brakes. <laughs> <laughs> so you have, you know, you have to know what you're doing and slow it down, and you really have to be careful. And you know, we trail a car which has cameras, and I have GoPros all on the inside. So it's, it's. I try to make it look like I'm just relaxing, but some, when you're in a car that's a million dollars or five hundred thousand or whatever, <laughs> it's no joke. Like, yeah. and they hired me, and, and you're having to talk and stuff while all that's <laughs> yeah. going on. So there's so many other things running through your mind. Yeah. Is there ever like an earpiece or anything that they're like oh, ask them this all the time? The, all oh, the. I man. mean, ninety nine percent time I have an earpiece in. And that's the great thing about uh, TV hosting because I teach uh, for Become a Host, and that's actually a hosting academy. And they teach red carpet, teleprompter, cold reading, co-hosting, all the stuff you would run on an acting class but on the host side. You know, there's a reason Ryan Seacrest gets paid millions of dollars because he balances the judges, the contestants that are there with him, the producers in his ear, the audience, the people at home, and the musicians on stage, five or six people all at once, and he makes it look effortless. So people go, oh, it's easy to host. I go, okay, go do it. Go do a walk and talk. Go memorize, you know, five paragraphs while you walk and hit a mark, talk to somebody, and it's uh, it's really fun when you can put it all together. And I've gotten to the point now where it's coming easier. So how did you learn to do that? Like- uh, I went to classes. I went to uh, become a host academy for about five years. Uh, I volunteered um, because they have a boot camp every month that, for new students, and I volunteered and I went in every uh, Saturday and Sunday once a month for twelve hours a day. And I sat there and I ran teleprompter and ran teleprompter and ran teleprompter and then started booking little things and you practice. And then I did crowd warm-up for seven years for every network. Tell us about that. How do you even get into that? I was uh, on a show called Singled Out. Uh, I did 105 episodes on Singled Out. I was uh, in round two as a character. Um, and uh, Jenny McCarthy was hosting. Chris Hardwick was hosting. And one of the guys was also doing... Uh, Crowd warm up for married with children, so uh, I was just kind of helping out upstairs in the upstairs room with the contestants before they came down, 
And then the one guy from Married with Children had to leave one day a week. So they said, Josh, do you want to try it? And I just went nuts. So I was doing crowd warm-up. I didn't even know what it was. I was just keeping everybody, and it's a game show, and there's a lot of marks they have to hit, when to walk, when to talk, when to go around, you know, when to look in the camera. And the next year they offered me the job full-time, and then I started doing all the MTV spring breaks. Um, so I was doing those. Then I was doing Beat the Geeks. Uh, I was just doing a lot of game shows. And game shows sometimes were 8, 10, 12-hour shoots. Wow. So Now, as a warm-up guy, can you pull, like, do girls, like, is it easy to get girls? Like, oh, he's... Really, really... Uh, spring break, very, 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 very easy to get girls. And the prob- that was the problem with my career is that I was focused on the girls and the extras, all the stuff that comes with doing those things. So my career never really rose. So, yeah, I got all that. So all what, that was great. What, Whatever what, you want to think of. What years uh, was that going on? Uh, 95 to, like, 2001. Okay. So I've been out in L.A. for 20 years. And I've really been doing what we're doing now since November 17th, five years ago. Interesting. And what I mean by really doing it is putting everything in it. Like, when did you ask me to do this podcast? Just a few hours ago. And I go, yep, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, it's like, whatever you need me to do, I'll be here um, all the time. I do this 24-7. Yeah. Me and Jeremiah consistently will see at the comedy store, what do you got going on? Blah, 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 blah. Checking in on my friends, seeing what's going on. Um, You know, uh, that's just what I do 24-7. Yeah. You know, and to be honest, I do it 27 and I want to up it to 24 seven. There's much more that you can do. I really think, you know, but don't you think it's important also to have that balance of, of hey. I'm doing real life things. Yeah. And have a, have a relationship. I going. did it. I did it for 15 years. Oh, I guess so. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I did that. I chased girls and I did that, went to Vegas. So when people go, Hey, you want to do that? I go, I, I already did it. Like what, what else could I do besides having money? Like, I was with the Maloofs who owned the Palms, going in the back, sitting next to Mayweather, bottle service, blow, strippers, whatever. I mean, I could do anything I wanted at this level, so what's the point in doing it now? Yeah. No new ground to be reached. Yeah. So what were you doing before the the crowd warm-up? So what I did since I was 18 is I sold frozen steaks door-to-door out of the back of a pickup truck. I love to say it and then have just a, a, a pregnant pause back of back of a pickup truck. That's definitely a '90s thing. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> they still do it, right? Dude, honestly, it's crazy. It's it, it's a, at least a several hundred million dollar a year business. My buddy owns a company, does about forty million dollars a year. Whoa. Just knock on the door. Hey, sorry to bother you. I know if you guys eat good steak, seafood, and chicken. I saw the barbecue right there. Hold on. I know you guys eat good steak. Hold on. I'll show you what I got. And you can hang up New York Strips, Delmonico's, Ribeye's, T-Mobile, Henry Patty. By the way, I know you guys don't have a freezer. It's just two guys right here. If I can't pack a freezer, I'm going to give you three. Don't worry about money. I'm just going to give you free steaks today. By the way, I take credit cards. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, you've done that a few times. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did that, and, and really, uh, I did have done it all over the country, and I trained people how to impulse buy. Uh, I'm sorry, how to sell. So I had a, I had a company, I had a house in the hills, Across from Kanye West, used to hang out with Kanye all the time. Uh, go to his house for Thanksgiving. <laughs> Wait, yeah. What? Yeah. I lived above uh, Sunset and Fairfax on Fairholme, and I had a house in the hills. Uh, I had rented a house, uh, hot tub outside, blah blah blah, right across from Kanye. Um, and uh, you know, I was just going out. I used to have shows at the Comedy Store. I promoted a, a show in the belly room of the Comedy Store for six years, and my marketing ploy was come for the show, come to the after party at the house. So people used to come to the show oh, wow. and then come afterwards and they'd be dancing and crazy and 
hanging out. Yeah. Your neighbors never gave a shit? No, because it was in the hills and it's high up. People, you know, you don't. And the sound I, doesn't I, travel. And I had, a long, I had a, a long driveway and everything. Like, it was a nice house. Damn. You know, in the hills. So that was one of the reasons, too, is I wasn't hungry to do all what we're doing right now because I had You're money coming fun. in. Yeah. I had You're money coming in. I, I was, quote, unquote, comfortable. Yeah. And then uh, me and my fiancé broke up about five years ago, five and a half years ago. And I remember the date, November 17th. And something clicked. And I go, hmm, I'm not reaching my potential. I could do this company and I could make money, but I can't really, I could make a living, but I couldn't make a life. I wasn't happy. So uh, all of the stuff that I've been doing before, there were so many ups and downs. And I finally go, well, I don't want these downs anymore. And they were really big downs. I'd book a show, be on it, and then nothing. But then I looked at it and I go, well, whose responsibility is that? How did you Mine. get through those moments whenever, like, because everybody deals with it in a different way. So I was going off of a medication called Clonopin. Me and my fiance just broke up. Um, and Clonopin is anti anxiety. Brody Stevens is yeah. taking it, right? Yeah. yeah so he talks about it on stage. Going off of it is uh, you could die from it. So I would convulse. In fact, I still twitch some today. But how I got over it, no joking, um, it makes your brain race, okay? Your brain races. So picture of a thought. If I just said nine times nine, your brain, because you're going off medication, would start going nine times nine, nine times nine, almost like a person who, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know, like an uh, autistic person, your brain's racing. So I thought to myself, I go, well, why don't I just start running my jokes? So I would be lying in the shower, no joke, rocking back and forth, like this, try rocking back and forth, and I'd start running my jokes. So I started to be able to do my jokes in my sleep because I was literally running them because if I didn't do something, my brain would just start going off. So I go, oh, I want to uh, memorize a, a joke about a car, and I have my friend Tim Gaither, who we both know, mm -hmm. and I, go, I tell him he's a redneck, and I go, I have a 440-horsepower, big block 404, rear positive traction, fuel injector, turbocharged, streamlined V8, and I can go on for a month, I mean, for a week doing that, you know, just a, a big, long list of things. So I wrote down all those things, and I kept repeating them over and over again. So how I got through them was self-sufficiency. So why did you decide to get off the Klonopin? Like, you just needed a change? Well, it was a medication. Uh, I was having all these side effects, and I went to these Western doctors. Like, no, that's not from that. And then I finally just went on the Internet, and I saw all these side effects, these horror stories. And I started seeing people going off of it, and I went to an addiction medicine specialist. And keep in mind, by the way, I only took what the doctor told me to take, one milligram a day. Apparently, it's a very addictive, and uh, people use it as a party drug. Yeah. Uh. I didn't even know that. I literally took one. That was it. But I was on it for 16 years. Um, and I was always, one of the side effects is up and down, being, uh, not agitable, what's that word? Uh, irritable? Irritable and uh, uh, agitated. Agitated. Yeah. And I go, I don't want to feel like this anymore. So, a bunch of things led up to that, and... I think one of the things that helped me get off um, and, and change my career around is, and it seems silly, but knocking on the doors, door to door, you literally knock, 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 you knocking for 8, 10, 12 hours straight. You might not sell to anybody for eight and a half hours. And then all of a sudden you knock on that one door and then they buy everything. So I had to learn how to keep knocking wow. and keep going. So that's why all this shit in Hollywood now, I've already been knocking for 20 years. It, you, you're not going to stop me. Because I'm used to knocking. I've built up that endurance. That's the most literal analogy I've <laughs> yeah. ever heard Badass of a story. Analogy. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So when you were selling, when you were going knocking door to door, do you have like, it's, I would assume there would be some danger sometimes you're knocking on someone's door that, you know, 
Did you ever like have like any scary stories or danger? Oh yeah, people pull guns on me and uh, scream and dogs. Yeah, I mean that's you know Jeremiah knows this. There was a shooting at the comedy store and everybody yeah. went running the other way and I went running towards it because my brain doesn't work. I've been on the streets. If you think about it, I was on the streets and I was by the way selling to you know hundred millionaires, people like Keanu Reeves. Running back Jim Brown. I've sold the Jimmy Fallon. Like I've sold meat to all the high people, and then also in the ghetto where guys have you know pull out a wad of money and gun, put the gun on the table, like all right, what do we got here? And da 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 da. So much like an animal, you have to sense when do you push, when do you pull. It's kind of yeah. like a dog that you can they can sense fear. I can't let them see. I sense fear. Right. So yeah, a lot of stuff like that. People want to fight you. People come out drunk, or you sell to a lady. Let's say you're in her house, right? Sell and then her husband comes home. What the fuck? Get the, screaming and you gotta you know defuse the situation while getting your products, getting back out. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is awesome, crazy. <laughs> That's why this shit doesn't. Like, what are you gonna do to me? I remember one time, uh, Don Barris actually. He was mad about something on stage. Something happened. He thought I was making noise and what really wasn't me. Actually, he came outside and he was screaming at me. And I literally closed my eyes and I put my chin to his face and I go hit me. I go, what are you going to do my stepdad didn't do? Like, I don't care. Dang. So, you know, I mean, him or friends, I'm not saying. It's just, you know, like, I just, I don't know. My brain doesn't work. My brain was kind of changed. You know, that makes sense. Wow. So, okay. When you made that switch to you're like, I'm going to go all in with comedy. When did you start kind of feeling that change of like the results and stuff like that, where you're like, oh, this feels so much better or different or. It's nothing to do with the exterior world, exterior. I think I started to actually have self-love for myself about two years ago where I was like, wait, I don't care what you guys think. Like, of course I want to do good on stage. Yeah. But if I don't, I'm not going to die. Right. So once I started to not give a shit and also not care what the comedians in the back of the room thought, because none of you are hiring me, so what do I give a shit? And that was about two years ago once I really started to like me, and I go, yeah, I'm my stand-up, but I'm not my stand-up. I'm me, who's a nice person who shows up for you, do Jeremiah, and we have, we're friends and we talk. It has nothing to do with stand-up. Once I started to like that person, then everything else started to fall in place, because now when I walk into an audition, whereas m- much to my dismay or... At such a high level, I would be walking in, not literally, but going, please love me, please validate me, accept me, please book me. If you book me, I won't have to sell meat, and I won't have to do this. And I will. Uh, now I walk in, I'm like, eat a dick. You know, like, I don't give a <laughs> shit. Like, thank you. If you want to book me, great. If you don't, that's okay. I'm gonna, I'll do my job. If you book me, I will show up on time and do my job, and I know that. And I think also with the booking of SOA, and I did a pretty good job on there. It wasn't a huge part. Kind of was proud of myself, and I'm like, hey, I can do this. You know, it was like a validation. We're like, oh, shit, I'm here. You know? Yeah, well, that was pretty cool uh, whenever you booked that. I don't know, because you've done it. You did it multiple times. You did like kind of a recurring yeah. role on there. Seven episodes, two years. Yeah. Wow. But one of the times that you booked, we were actually working Vegas together, and you got the call, and I like I like witnessed it. I was like, this is so freaking cool. And he drove back to L.A. from Vegas, did the shoot, then drove back to Vegas to finish out the week with us. Yeah. And it was like, this is a real working comedian right here. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's fun. And I tell you what, in the past five years, I really, and you heard this stupid shit, 
you know, once you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. I, haven't, I don't feel like I've worked. I do nothing all day, but I do so much, mm -hmm. you know? Because nothing is worse than knocking on doors selling beef. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> and by the way, if you could hear, I just did an impersonation of Sebastian. <laughs> I love uh, Sebastian. These are my three tops that are working. Sebastian, Brett Ernst, and Brian Callen. I fucking love those guys. They're my favorite comedians. They're great. Who do you like? My favorites are... Bobby Lee, Rory Scovel, who are like working today, and and maybe Todd Glass. Yeah, good human beings. There's a lot of good people. Yeah, in comedy, I think that's one thing that helped me too in the downtimes, because literally at any moment I can go to the comedy store, the Improv, and even the Laugh Factory if I really needed to, but. And be a, find somebody who I can say, hey, can I talk to you a second? I'm going through a bad time right now. At yeah. any time, really, even during the day, but at night especially. There's been many times where I, I'm at home and I'm depressed and I just go, get up. And I make myself get up, put on clothes, and drive to the comedy store. You know? Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, there's a good community. Mm -hmm. Like once, I mean, because you've been around for a while now, so everybody kind of knows you and everything, so... It's it feels it's it's nice after a while we're like okay cool no one liked me up until five years ago I was a douchebag why well let's talk about that yeah. like, uh, like I used to drive a uh, Hummer and wear Ed Hardy <laughs> uh, well, you know what I don't you laughed too easily about that um, <laughs> well you I'm, showed me your ID yeah okay and let me let me paint in my words what I saw whenever I looked at this ID uh, Josh is a he's a normal looking dude now like. Good size build, average height. Okay, I looked at this ID, and this looked like a character that Josh was playing <laughs> on in living color in the 90s. Like, super tan. We're talking, like, almost bronzian, <laughs> like, like Greek god fake kind of tan. Hoop earrings, and just, like... Like the the crazy like like spiky hair, maybe some frosted tips. I'm not sure. I can't remember 100. percent And it just looked like a different human being. Were you getting in a lot of fights? No, uh, I was in. Okay, so before um, I really took this seriously, I was. Uh, and was that during the spring MTV Spring Breakers? That look this and was everything. After this oh, was exactly. like 2007, 2008. Driving a Hummer, had money, had a Jaguar with spinners and a Mercedes. Oh, I mean, had spinners. <laughs> <laughs> that says so much about who you used to be right there. <laughs> Having spinners on your car. <laughs> I had that, and um, I had a huge belt buckle, true religion jeans, coach boots. Oh, my uh, I had a uh, Ed Hardy T-shirt with a dragon coming over with diamonds. And then I also got, I went downtown, uh, downtown L.A., and I had them put uh, Schwarzky crystals all in the back pockets of my car. <laughs> yeah. What? And then I, my body was totally shaved. Uh, double earrings. <laughs> okay. Uh, double earrings. And uh, eyebrows were threaded perfectly. Oh. And uh, yeah, I was in the clubs, like one of the main guys in the clubs. Like I thought it was cool. And by the way, I don't have a high tolerance for any uh, uh, substances. I would drink three beers and be gone. Like, I'm not like a big party or like I don't, my body, my mom's the same way. Like, I have a little bit of caffeine, 
I'm really going. So I'm not a big partier. Like, I never was. But I was out in the club scene and had a Hummer and just was thought I was the shit. So that Hummer was just, it didn't matter how ridiculous you look. I'm sure that was pulling girls at the club. It was the best. Honestly, the <laughs> best, worst car ever because you're in, it. literally, think about it, You're just driving around and you know that nobody can hurt you. You go over curbs. Like, you know, let's say you pull up to a stoplight. Uh, somebody pulls up in front of you, right? And you pull up and you need to get around them, but you can't because there's not enough space between your car or their car and the sidewalk. Sidewalk, You just go over it <laughs> and drive right along. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You literally, you don't, even, you don't even think about it. You go over it and drive along. And I knew when I was time to sell it, and it sounds like a joke, but it wasn't, as I pulled up to a stoplight on Olympic and Bundy, and this homeless guy goes, what an asshole. You're ruining the environment. <laughs> And it's not a, it's really what happened. That's when I go, oh, I have to sell this. So, uh, and by the way, I know you see me on my phone right now. This is how crazy LA. I live in an apartment complex, and there's this girl who's insanely pretty. She just texted me, hey, I need to take some bikini shots for my agent. Can you come take them? I was in a doctor's appointment, and I literally said yes, and I left my doctor's appointment. <laughs> <laughs> These are amazing. Um, so, uh, so I apologize. I am here and I am listening. <laughs> is she texting you right now? Uh, we go back and forth all the time. Mostly me asking her out and her saying no. Um, no, 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 no. I'm just texting her the pictures right now. That's all. It's <sighs> so funny. Oh my goodness. Can I tell you what I did? So I have an iPhone six plus. It's yeah, a, it's a nice camera. She has an iPhone six. And when I showed up there. She said, she started, you know, hand me her phone. I go, well, why don't I just take the pictures on my phone since I have a nicer camera? (laughs) (laughs) Nasser, Jewish Josh, very smart. (laughs) Now I have those pictures on my phone. Save them to the cloud. What? Oh, save them to the cloud. I will. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So, it's been up and down. And a lot, a lot of down. Yeah. A lot of down, you know. Um, But I really believe the down is in your head. And I do motivational speaking now. And think about it. If I come up and I smack you in the face, you literally have a choice to go, that bothers me or that doesn't bother me. Now, obviously, that would bother you. But you literally have a choice. And people don't realize that, that you have a choice how you react. react, You don't have a choice what happens to you. But you literally have a choice how you react. There's people at the comedy store that literally, they don't like me for whatever reason. Okay. I literally, and, and I don't know if this is too far, me and my roommate Dana Moon, we talk about it. I've unfriended them on Facebook. I don't want... And she goes, well, they're going to know. I go, I don't care. It's nothing negative. I don't want to see their posts. I'm not friends with them. I see what they do. And mm-hmm. if they said something, I would go, yeah, I don't... I'm sorry. You don't treat me equally. And I don't... One thing I've learned out here is to have equal relationships. 50-50. So if I text you, Jeremiah, three or four times, you're not texting me back. Now, obviously, if you're on a TV show, it's something different, you know, because I'll, of course, still text you. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, um, <laughs> no. If I text you, you don't text right, back. Right, that, right, it's right. an even relationship. It's symbiotic. Yeah, back and forth. That's a good word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that was really good. Word. I've been source. taking Josh Nasser's classes recently, so I've been learning some. What new is symbiotic? Words. Yeah, I don't even. I know what it means. I don't. It's like an ecosystem. Yeah. I just oh. threw that word in. It isn't at all like that. <laughs> I just want to throw another big word. In. I'm so confused. Uh, I'll Google it. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It could I could argue it. So what else? So uh, that you, well, our final segment of the podcast is actually about the downs, and uh, you're just talking about that. And this segment is called the Hollywood 
bitch slap. I just want to throw a bark in. I'm okay. Sorry. Perfect. <laughs> Remixed it. Okay. So you've, t- uh, you've told us here and there about uh, the downs, the ups, some cool bookings and stuff that you've had. This segment is all about that time where you feel like just you have a specific moment where you felt like super down or when Hollywood really let you down or bitch slapped you. There's a guy named Todd, and I can't, I'm jumping in. Do you notice that? His name is Todd. His phone number is 323-819-7461. That's 323-819-7461. Todd, it's CMG Management, Commercial Something Management. Let me tell you what they did. So I talked to Todd. His, uh, By the way, you might have seen the guy at the comedy store. He's a big, tall, tall guy. I think he's like... Like six nine or seven one, real tall guy. That's his partner. Okay, so there's Todd and this other guy. I can look up his name later on, um, and we can put it in the in the notes of your thing. <laughs> so <laughs> Todd, and, and I'm telling you because you, once I tell you the story, so Todd, uh, is this a fake name or is this a real name? No, no, that's his real name. This is a real name. Okay. okay. Todd, uh, you can look up CMG.com. I think they have like a, a page in the website, but it's nothing else. Todd told me, hey, we're in- we've seen you at the comedy store. We're interested in managing you. My business partner is going to call you. Hey, that sounds great. I do a podcast with Dana Moon. And when you do a podcast like we're doing right now, you usually turn off your phone so you don't get interrupted or put it on silent. Yeah. I forgot. No big deal. It rang in the middle of the podcast. I picked it up really quickly because I was doing a podcast. And I said, hey, listen, real quick. I'm, on a- I'm whispering. I'm on a podcast right now. Whoever this is, I'm so sorry. Let me call you back after. I hang up the phone. I don't want to be disrespectful to that. I made a mistake, right? So later on that evening, I get a call from Todd. And Todd says to me, uh, my partner tried to call you. He said you just hung up because you were doing something. He says he doesn't want to work with you. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, he said you weren't able to talk. And he, he goes, he, you, my partner always gets his way. He's a lawyer. And I go, but there was no setup time. I didn't know. And he goes, yeah, he said it doesn't work with you. I go, do me a favor, and you can ask Dana Moon. She was there when she heard me say it, and she got scared because I go, tell him I said to go fuck himself. I want you to do me a favor. Really tell him I said fuck you, you dumb fuck. I really want, I mean, I was saying it over and over again. Tell him, and I don't care how tall he is, he can fuck himself over and over again. I got a phone, Dana's like, are you all right? Because I was irate. The next day, he calls me back, Todd, and goes, We'd like to sign you. <laughs> Swear on my fucking life. This is what he said. Not finished, right? So he said, meet us. I go, okay, I'll meet you. See what it is. I don't have any management at the time. Meet us. And it was a deli down um, in Santa Monica area. I don't remember. Froman's Deli. And go down there. So I go down there. Todd is there. The tall guy is there. All of a sudden, people start showing up. Apparently, this is a group meeting. It's a networking meeting. And I go, I don't understand this. I was just supposed to meet with you. And Todd's going, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> so now we're meeting with group people, right? I leave. I call Todd. I go, yo, dude, that's a waste of my time. I drove down probably two hours in traffic. I don't want to do this. I go, I really thought I was meeting with you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come back next week. Now, this is where it becomes my responsibility. I go, okay, fine. Be respectable. I come back next week. The same exact thing happens. <laughs> I'm not making up. I stood up. I go, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot. He goes, you can leave. I go, fuck you. I'm going to stay here. And I'm not paying for my soup. <laughs> that was my stand. And then he goes, well, I'm not paying for it. So I had to pay because I felt bad for the waitress. So once again, and can we call him right now? Do you mind? I'm going to call him right now. Do you mind? I'm calling him. And I'm not lying about any of this. 
Like I can, you can ask Dana. Oh boy. So I'm calling him right now. Oh, I don't know about this. I. Uh... Shh. What's wrong with this? <laughs> I just real because at this point I don't care. You see what I'm saying? Uh. What? What's wrong, Jeremiah? Here we go. I hope he answers. I hope there's at least a voicemail. You know what I mean? Why are you so up? Look. Oh, shit. Great. I'd rather you not do this. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you don't want to do this. <laughs> it's not worth it. You're more than this. One second. Oh. Hey, buddy. I was just looking to see if you still want to sign me. Uh, I got some great projects coming up, and the way things worked out before, I just can't wait to work with you. Hey, give me a call back anytime. And if we could meet at the deli, I got like 45 to 50 people. I want us all to meet together. Thank you so much. I can't wait. It's just, I'm so excited. <laughs> that is well, insane. Here this we is are. what happens when you've been out here and somebody really wastes your time. What, what I suggest, anybody listening, is you take all of your anger and you just direct it at one person. <laughs> <laughs> that way you don't get... <laughs> if you have 20 people angry at, you know? Like, I just stopped crank-calling uh, Tommy from the comedy store. <laughs> I just stopped crank-calling the booker Tommy from the comedy store, the old booker. Oh, you have been for the last while? Months and months I would crank-call him. Well, and like, then I go, what, like what stuff? Well, what I would say to him... Now, he got, uh, he got in trouble for stealing money from the register. That's what I heard. Right. So I would call up using his voice. You've never heard the story? No, I've never and heard And I would say, hey, I don't know what's going on here, but my voice hurts. I had to work on my vocal register. So I would keep screaming register. And then I would say, <laughs> I got to go to Bed Bath & Beyond because now I'm getting married and I'm registered. So I would go on with every kind of register. And then I would end up with saying, I got to buy a, a present for Stephanie, which is his girlfriend. Gotta buy a, oh, it's all right. I don't have any money. I can go down to the comedy store and steal money from the register. And I would scream this over and over again. So that comes from Tommy saying the N-word around me repeatedly and saying to Dana Moon, go upstairs and use your vagina to get on stage. Ugh. God. So what are you thinking right now? Did I blow this podcast up a little bit? No, I've just, uh, I've just learned to not cross Josh Nasser's path. <laughs> I can tell honestly, uh, I get along with everybody, and I think I'm a pretty nice human being. You are. And uh, that person really, I mean, to, to do that and make you, I literally spent four and a half hours of my time. Two hours was his responsibility. The other part was mine because I shouldn't have gone down again. Uh, Tommy, I didn't have to continue talking to. And I realized afterwards, I go, wait, this person is obviously sick, and it's, I'm immature, but look, for 13 years of what he did, how many times he said the N-word around me, how many times he said sexist and racist remarks and ageist remarks, uh, I don't think two months is very bad that I gave him back. <laughs> All right? It's a, a light sentence. I mean, the things, I mean, I could tell you stories that you literally, calling Leslie the N-word, Leslie Jones from uh, SNL, calling to my face, and I'm alone looking around. Ask Jay Manium about it. He knows. Wow. Well, that's for a different podcast. Yeah. But that Hollywood bitch slap story was pretty epic. Yeah. And the fact that you called it left him a voicemail. That's the first time that that has ever been done. Yeah. On the Building Here's podcast. Break, so congratulations. Breaking new water. Break whatever it. that's yeah. saying is. What do I have yeah. to lose? What is he going to do? Not sign me? <laughs> there you go. 
there you go. That's the way to look at it. Josh, where can people find you on social media and uh, everything? Because you've got you and Dana have a, a lot of viral content online and yes. you individually. So let's plug it away. Uh, at Josh Nasser, J O S H N A S A R, across all platforms. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook mentions, which is uh, their answer to Periscope. I do live video. Uh, we also have the Prankcast podcast. But if you just look up my name, Josh Nasser, um, you can find I really streamlined it where when you type my name, everything shows up on a complete line. And anybody who logs on, thank you very much. I'll give you free tickets to any comedy show I do. Most of them are out of town because my credits are two years old. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, dude, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Appreciate it. Love you, man. And, uh, dude, I'm uh, excited to, to see you explore new heights. Can with you just take us out doing the uh, schizophrenic surfer? Can you take us out with that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. <laughs> You're a true friend. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>